Hello everybody and welcome back to the Africast. My name is Clinton Matos. Joining me, Louise Monzon. What's up, dude? What's up? Yeah, you know, so uh, uh, our episode. Indeed, <laughs> I was just going to say that um, usually it's either me or, or Clinton. It's never both of us at the same time. <laughs> We're, uh, I, I don't know, it's like a timing and then i'm busy with stuff you're busy with stuff but now it's just the two of us it's uh, yeah, very it's a, strange but i think it's, an, it's still going to be a good episode it's an avengers situation to be honest <laughs> yeah this is uh people needed to watch all the um hundred other episodes for yeah the special like after credits episode this is the crossover of the of the century let me tell you um but let's just get right back into the news let's get started louis you're going to start us off with ai if i'm not mistaken Indeed. So uh, our own Brendan Lotz wrote a story uh, this week that uh, a, a few um, very important luminaries in the tech industry, in, including uh, the chief tweet himself, Elon Musk, the co-founder of Pinterest, Evan Sharp, chief executive officer of Getty Images, Greg Peters, and a bunch of uh, scientists and researchers all signed an open letter of, uh, from the Future of Life Institute. Um, basically telling the industry at large that, you know, we should slow down on the development of AI. Pump the um, brakes, kids. Yeah, pump the brakes. Especially of OpenAI's, you know, their um, the development of their GPT-4 or the GPT model. Um, currently, it's at GPT-4, which is recently just released. Um, and they're, they're basically telling, uh, you know, the industry at large that we need to stop, or not stop, in fact, what they're asking for is a six-month pause on the development of, of AI. So basically, the, the, they're telling AI developers to just take it easy for six months. Um, and hopefully that will kind of uh, allow governments and other institutions to begin developing more rules and regulations around AI. And hopefully it will deter some sort of greater problem for humanity in the far future or in, or in the future coming up um i don't know how much of uh, uh, uh how how much good a six month pause can do what yeah. i do know is that gpt every single time they come up with a new model it is the, the 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 new one is far more powerful than the previous one um and it seems like the newer models are are more powerful and they come out sooner than the previous one i mean gpt4 um, even when they compared, uh, OpenAI uh, set out uh, um, a, a, a white paper, yeah. and and they compared the the how, how well GPT four does um, in exams compared to GPT three, and it's it's not even close. Like GPT four, if GPT three is a a middling student, <laughs> GPT four is like a super brain, you know, like a Alpha Academy kind of kind of robot. Um, of the class on top of the class so i don't know if uh if you know i, I think i will will open ai and other companies kind of adhere to this pause i really doubt it i don't think so because so many companies are developing their own ai things that if i was uh, you know open ai or any other company who got asked like hey guys can you pump the brakes for six months that just gives your competitors six months advantage exactly and like you said this stuff is happening so fast Six months is a lifetime. So, uh, you know, putting aside all the ethical constraints and, you know, all the other constraints like, oh, this might uh, end the world or end humanity. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of these companies just couldn't say, why, why would we give our competitors a, a six-month break? That doesn't make any sense, especially because, you know, the iron is hot right now. Why exactly. would you stop now? So I understand from... You know, I don't know, a holistic approach. I hate using that term. Mm -hmm. But uh, coming from it, from that, I understand, like, it is probably in everyone's best interest to wait six months or, you know, however long. But yeah, they got to make money and they have people to pay. And again, you're just giving yeah. your competitors um, an, advantage. an advantage. And in business, there are no ethics. So right. why would you do the ethical thing and wait? Um, and on top of this, even if magically all the evil companies in the world were like, okay, we'll wait six months, Pandora's box is open. The yeah. stuff is out there. Even if all the companies stop you know, doing AI uh, in any capacity for six months, individuals would still do it. So, yeah, it's, um, I appreciate the sentiment here, but it's, right. uh, I think it's all just lip service. Maybe that's 
Maybe that's too broad of a statement mm-hmm. to make, but I, I just think it's lip service. Also, um, this doesn't, you know, attack the root of the problem, right. which is AI, you know, getting out of hand. So mm-hmm. it's just a bandage. Uh, yeah. At best, it's well, a bandage. At worst, it's lip service. Well, one of the things that they that the letter points to is that um, they ask the questions. Uh, verbatim, and then I'm, I'm quoting here, should we automate away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Um, and then one thing, there was a recent uh, ABC News, uh, I guess, feature, um, where they cite a report from McKinsey. Uh, m- mind you, it's a 2018 report, so you know, yeah. kind of take it with a grain of salt. And they say that in the U.S., artificial intelligence could displace roughly 15% of the workforce or around 400 million people. Um, it's a massive number of people between the, the years 2016 and 2023. Uh, so, you know, 400 million people, um, you know, I, that's like a huge number of families and people that depend on these people that their jobs could be taken away by artificial intelligence. Um, and we've seen, like, uh, you know, the recent advancements to ChatGPT and, you know, the things that that, 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 that system can do, especially now with the, with the launch of plugins. Um, you know, you can basically do whatever you want with it. You can ask it to order you food. You can ask it to, to, to book airplanes. Um, and it would only get more powerful as, as kind of these systems begin integrating with each other. Yeah. Um, so, uh, mind you, it's a, the, the study is from 2018. Um, obviously, at that time, uh, uh, these, uh, these models were still very young. Um, no one was talking about them. Um, they were just maybe an idea in the back burner. So, I don't know where McKinsey kind of fathomed this, this, uh, this number, 400 million from. Um, it's scary to think about, but will, it, will this kind of really be the case? Yeah. Well, what's crazy is that I think a lot of people... Um, maybe the general public who aren't paying much attention to this, they think it's just like a chatbot. Mm. They aren't really grasping what it can do. The fact that it can do programming just blows my mind. I've yeah. seen so many examples of it programming stuff. Somebody um, who I don't want to link to just for, again, ethical reasons, they mm. had um, ChatGBT create an entire app for them. They took that app and published it on the Play Store and the uh, App Store, They're just verbatim. They, yeah. So, I mean... It's not just that this is a chatbot, and it's not just that it's going to take certain jobs. It might come for everything. Mm. I mean, it might come for our jobs. A lot of times, people have said, "Oh, it won't do, you know, journalistic work. It can't do yeah. creative work." Um, a lot of people think robots and AI can't be creative, but then this comes along and it kind of bulldozes all these uh, these notions that people yeah. had. So. Uh, yeah. That four hundred million number might even be too low. <laughs> oh, damn, that's that's even scarier to think about. And the thing is that uh, I think before we can move on, I think uh, the companies themselves they don't care about you know broadly speaking, companies care only really about the bottom line yeah. and about uh, and about their sh- their shareholders, the investors. Um, they don't really care about the employee. They don't really care about you know the the happiness of the employee. If they can replace as many people as possible with as cheap machines as possible, they're going to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think unless regulations are put in place against that, that's kind of what's going to happen. So I guess we'll see in the next six months if the GPT uh, gets a pause. Uh, but like you said, it's highly unlikely. I think the this stuff is going to go around rampant until there's news like uh, AI replaces a US senator and then they'll be like, oh, oh they're coming <laughs> for our jobs as well. Or like yeah. uh, AI replaces an executive in a big company. Then they'll be like, oh, now we need to care because it's God. on our doorstep. And That's... I think when those headlines start coming around, I, I think it's already too late. Uh, they're talking <laughs> about let, let's take action now to save jobs or whatever. It's too yeah. late. The, the cat's out of the bag. Pandora's box is open. There's nothing we can do. We're on uh, Mr. Bones' wild ride, and we can't yeah. get off. So the, yeah, the train is the train is heading too fast. I don't know. Maybe what are we going to do, dude? Uh, there's uh, <laughs> we're gonna. It's like it's not even about learning a new skill. Yeah. Because it's coming for all the jobs anyway. That's a, that's a whole another discussion. Right. Right now, these companies are saying let's put a pin in it for six months. Um, but uh, we're of yeah. the opinion that probably won't happen. No, um, definitely not. So. <laughs> 
And a bit of lighter news, and even though this uh, connects back to companies being awful, Pokemon TCG Live. So I need to explain a bit of this quickly. Um, again, all the stories we talk about today will be linked to, and you can go right. read my full story, but I need to give you, Louis, some, yes. <laughs> some context yes, here. Please, please might do. sound insane. So the Pokemon trading card game has been around for decades now. Um, what you may not know is that there's a big competitive circuit for um, the card game. And there's even a big circuit of casual people who just enjoy playing it. And a big part of that is an online client. Now, for the longest time, um, there was a client called PTCGO, Pokemon Trading Card Game Online. But Pokemon last year came out and said we're replacing that with Pokemon Trading Card Game Live. And I won't get into the specifics here, but the overall gist is this. Live is awful. It's one of the mm -hmm. worst games, quote-unquote games, I've ever tried. It's honestly the worst piece of software I've ever had to interface Oh my god. <laughs> it has been in beta for more than a year now. It has been the worst beta I've ever been part of. And it's just been super, super bad. It's just been right. awful. That's the best way to, to summarize it. And I bring it up now uh, because just last night, the new expansion of physical cards came out, which is right. Scarlet and Violet. Uh, and yes, that is named after the games. The games, yeah. The trading card game follows the games to a large extent in terms of what cards they use, um, you know, in terms of what Pokemon included are in the cards. So it's not only big news that Scarlet and Violet is out. The release of these new cards also comes with a big change in the rules of the game. And again, I don't want to get into that, um, into the weeds of that. I just want to say that this launch is very big. It's likely the biggest um, event in the trading card game mm -hmm. this year, right? Okay. And live, well, almost use a swear word there. Live was a train wreck, and it All continues right. to be a train wreck. Uh, like I said, it was already bad for a year leading up to this. And now, for the biggest event of the year, it's even it's, more of a train not, wreck. Yeah. So, I was following this. It happened um, late last night, uh, South African time, around 7 o'clock onwards. I was up to like 12 o'clock watching this all unfold. And mm -hmm. I have a list in my story of things that I personally saw go wrong in the game. And it Oof. is hilarious. I'm, I'm just shocked. I already yeah. knew that live was bad. Like I said, um. I jumped in on the beta around two months ago. And right. I jumped in on the beta against my will. And here's why. On top of live coming out with new cards, it's a new era, there's new rules and everything, the old client, PTCGO, has now been sunset. So you okay. can still play it, but all the new cards from Scarlet and Violet and all the new rules they bring with them will not be released in PTCGO. So even though right now PTCGO will remain playable, and it won't remain playable for long, mind you, but for right now it is playable, it does not have any of the new content. Mm. So if you want to play a digital representation of the Pokemon TCG, PTCGO yeah. doesn't fulfill that anymore right. because it doesn't have all the cards. So live is the only place you can go, and the only place you can go is terrible. Mm. So uh, yeah, I don't want to harp on this too much. Um, no, um, I just wanted to ask. Yeah, I I I have uh, I have dabbled in the card game, you know, yes. every a few years ago here and there. But what I kind of want to ask is, because um, I don't know much about the, uh, I know there's lots of different on um, like uh, digital card games. I know Magic has one, and I know even Capcom has one, and you know, um, is is the, was the card game? Who's developing the card game? Um, is it the Pokemon company or who, yes. who's? Okay. So let me, again, it's a, it's a bit of an inside baseball kind of thing. So mm -hmm. PTCGO was produced by a company called Direwolf. Okay. And even though it is a third-party company, um, Pokemon and uh, Game Freak and that, they have no mm -hmm. ownership stake in Direwolf, as far as I know. Despite the fact that it was a third-party product, quote-unquote, it was still fully integrated into Pokemon and Game Freak and the, the management structure, I should say, because even though a third-party company was creating it, when you buy a physical booster pack, inside of that pack is a, a card with a code to unlock those cards in the game. Mm -hmm. So it's complete integration, right? So Direwolf was doing PTCGO, yeah. but Live is 100% in-house. Right. Pokemon, from start to finish, is in charge of Live, which makes this failure even more hilarious. My because goodness. 
a third party tiny company die wolf actually has released some of its own oh, products in the past yeah. um, i can't remember any of them and i'm sorry to die wolf but i, I mean ptcgo was the only one that most people cared about even though it had a lot of problems and i, I also want to mention this ptcgo used to be a browser-based flash game all right that's how old it is so hmm. ptcgo was old and a lot of people did want an upgrade but live in almost every us aspect is much worse again it just everything i reveal about this makes it sound much worse and it's <laughs> even worse than that um like i, I said there is a, a a casual circuit for ptcg yeah and even they who are not you know concerned with the little minutiae like who's in charge of this project who's right. the developer and everything even they can look at this product and just say wow this is an embarrassment. So to answer your question, I gave you a long answer there. Pokemon yeah. <laughs> is in charge of live from start right. to finish. Um, PTCGO used to be a joint venture between Die Wolf and Pokemon. A third party, right. And now it's first party only. And the first, well, I mean, it's not surprising to me that the Pokemon company, um, and you said, is it Game Freak who's, who's on the development side? Or is it just the Pokemon company by themselves, the guys in-house doing that? So, again, I have to get a bit into the management structure here. So, mm -hmm. there is an umbrella company called the Pokemon right. um, Company International. The Pokemon Company International owns Creatures. Creatures is in charge of the video game, which okay. is in charge of Game Freak. Uh, so okay. Game Freak only does the games, mm -hmm. but Game Freak is under the purview of Creatures, and Creatures is under the purview of Pokemon Trading Card, uh, Pokemon right. International, and Pokemon International makes all the, the right. deals. And then at some point in there, Nintendo owns a stake in the Pokemon right. Company International. So it's a whole mess. But yeah. um, So the, the only yes. reason I'm asking is because, you know, Game Freak... Um, or rather, the, the whoever's making the the I think I believe it's Game Freak who does the Nintendo yes. games. Um, yes, especially the mainline games is they're, Game. They're they're not. Um, I mean, for many years, people have said like, look at this game. It's it came yeah. out in 2022, and it looks like it's from the PlayStation 2 era. Um, and like the the iterations are very small and few and far between, and they have the same problems every year. Um, you know, Pokemon, uh, the company itself doesn't have the best track re record when it comes to digital entertainment. Um, except for the, you know, the classic Nintendo, you know, the, yeah. but after that, recently it hasn't been the same. Um, and I guess what I wanted to ask is, you know, what, okay, the, the launch is a flop, especially now with the, with the new, with the, the brand new trading, um, packs, what, what are they going to do about it? You know, what can they do about it? All they can do now is improve on live. It's impossible right. for them to scrap live and to go to PTCGO. Um, the reason for that is when you, if you had an account on PTCGO and you moved to live, you were, okay, so you're not forced to migrate all your content over. But again, when PTCGO closes down, you will be forced to migrate. So okay. once you've migrated, you cannot go back to PTCGO. Right. So it's a, it's there, a, War, it's a Warcraft no reforged situation. Yeah. So with the previous one gone, literally all there's left to do is just, for players, all they can do is play live, and all Pokemon can do now is patch live until it's it's playable. Mm. Um, and, and again, what what were what were some of the problems? If you can just kind of oh what, what were the worst things happening? So the worst things that happen are the game is unplayable, mm -hmm. and I don't mean that in what way. Uh, in what way is it unplayable? So here's an example, right? One of the most common card effects in the trading card game is to pick up your deck and to look at it and to select a certain card right. and, and to use that card, right? Many cards that do that don't work. When you search your deck, your deck will tell you, sorry, there's no cards of that type in your deck. And I have a screenshot that I've linked to in the story, right? In the top left corner, it says number of valid cards, six, right? So there are valid cards in my deck, cool. In the middle of the screen, the card is giving me an error saying that there are no valid cards Oof. in your deck. Okay. On the same screen, there are two conflicting pieces of information. So in, in the card game, you have a 60-card deck. If you have uh, – the search cards are very important to the way that the game plays. If you have 10 or 15 or 20 cards out of 60 that don't work, how are you supposed to play the game? Right. So, so basically, that's what I mean when I say it's unplayable. This it's it's unfinished. The graphics are bad. Yeah. <laughs> unfinished would be a kind way to describe right. this game 
When Damn. you say unfinished, do you think maybe like Steam Early Access? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is supposed to be a beta, but if you're saying to players that the beta is the only way to play these new cards, then people are going to treat it as a finished game. And also, here's something yeah, you're right, ridiculous. Man. If you go look on the official page for live, or if you go onto the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, there are almost no areas where it says beta. It, do- it just says Pokemon Trading Card Game Live. It doesn't say beta in a lot of places. Even in the game, the, the fact that this is a beta can be missed by a lot of people. And it's been in a beta for more than a year now. Yeah. So I, I think they're, they're just sitting behind it saying it's a beta to, I don't know, like soften the criticism of it. Right. But, man, it's ridiculous. And, 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 and again, I say this in my story. This yeah. is embarrassing for like a student project. <laughs> this is embarrassing as a game jam product right. that you make in 24 hours for the multi-billion dollar company yeah, Pokemon exactly. to out. Jeez, what a what Damn a train wreck. Me. It's the only way to describe it. So I don't want to harp on this too much more. I will, um, again, link to the story. Even if you have no interest in the trading card game, check out my story because I do explain what's wrong with it. And why it's so unacceptable especially for a company as big as pokemon um but as serious as that is which isn't (laughs) as serious at all you have a much more serious um yeah story to report on today Uh, we started with something kind of serious and then a bit lighter and i think this one is probably the more serious one or the darker one of the day um so i mean we i mean uh, we live in africa you know and luckily we south africa is the uh, as far as all its problems and all the you know the things that go wrong with this country, um, our the constitution that we have ensures a lot of personal freedoms yes. that really are, aren't uh, allowed in a lot of areas or literally like countless countries across the world. Um, so recently, uh, the the government of, U- of Uganda in East Africa is they're planning. Um, I mean, it's 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 not. Uh, uh, unknown knowledge or a secret that a lot of African countries outright um, either have bans against people in the LGBTQ community or they're like they're outright it's illegal to be to yes, be gay in their laws. Yes, uh, a punishable by law to be gay. Um, and uh, Uganda's latest piece of legislation that they're planning um, is uh, a lot of um, international uh, critics have said that it's probably the most draconian. It's their their most um, by far, their their largest in terms of uh, human rights, val- um, uh, uh, you know, uh, violations. Yeah, violations and 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 crimes against uh, humanity. It's uh, there were the 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 new bill, the the anti LGBTQ bill, um, is uh, it's outright makes it illegal to be gay in the sense that if you are found to be gay, <laughs> like homosexuality in in quotes, um. And can get you a twenty-year prison sentence. Um, being uh, a, a, in any form a advocate for LGBTQ rights in the country could see you go to prison for ten years. And what is co- what the so-called aggravated homosexuality, which is um, basically uh, having uh, sexual re- relations involving people with HIV as well as minors. This is what the what the Ugandan government's kind of putting no, out just, there. Uh... When Louis is reading this off, he is quoting. I don't want people to think uh, you're right. saying this. This is. Right. Please read the story um, where you can see the quote marks. Right. So this is this is what I'm what I'm kind of telling you here is the what's what the Ugandan government is planning with this legislature, right? Um, so for aggravated homosexuality in quotation marks, you you could earn a death penalty in the country. So obviously this is like for any person who lives in a in a progressive country, this is insane, right? Um, I don't think I need to be too, um, you know, journalistic about this. Um, and I think, uh, uh, other than the human rights violations, um, it also poses a, an economic and a business problem for Uganda as an emerging market. That's because uh, what is known as the Open for Business Coalition, which are, you know, it's a, basically a group of companies, some of the biggest companies in the world, including Google, Microsoft, Facebook owner Meta, Mastercard, Unilever, Standard Chartered, HSBC, PwC, The Virgin Group, Deloitte. I mean, and and on and on. These are some of the largest corporations on the planet. They have um, denounced 
the you this bill from being signed i mean it's it's like the signing the signing of this bill is imminent in uganda um i believe it's already been passed uh, by the by the parliament all that needs to happen is for the president to um to to literally sign it into a law and it's it's there um so if if president joweri museveni signs it, it it becomes law so these companies have have said that um the bill is will uh, in quotes from a statement they the the coalition put out the bill would undermine uganda's attractiveness as a place to do business and invest so uganda is a growing um a developing nation uh usually um developing nations try to make it as easy for com- for for businesses private companies to invest as possible yeah um this bill um according to these corporations would be uh the the opposite of this yeah. um the companies say Diversity and inclusion are core principles of our coalition partners in, in the conduct of their business. Um, another thing that the companies kind of point out to that it's kind of uh, would cause them to rethink having uh, um, operations in Uganda is that apparently one of the kind of the caveats of the bill, or one of the requirements is that if you own a company and, and you see that one of your employers are doing anything that could be related to lgbtq activities in quotation marks you know like now we're getting into really dystopian things um you have to by law report this person so that the police can take them away i read that in your story um and that part i mean everything about this is shocking but that is even more shocking that you can be reported by your employer for being gay it's just i cannot believe it um yeah, like I said, I can't believe anything of this, but that is one of the most shocking parts of it as well. And how? And again, um, you know, I'm not a fan of big businesses. I think I've already said that in this mm-hmm. podcast, and I've said it in all the other podcasts. But man, at least these companies are saying, "Hey, if you do this, um, we're not going to invest in your country." And it's insane for you to expect us to invest in your country. Yeah. Not even just having offices. Like, imagine if you are an employee of one of these big companies, and you need to go to Uganda. Um, for some kind of work meeting imagine knowing that you could be put to death in a foreign country because you're gay imagine because you were born like that because of who you are as a human being it's no, it, i, it's I a, can't yeah. believe it that it's we're insane. in the year 2023 and they're still doing stuff like this and like you mentioned earlier it's not like uganda some powerhouse mm. nation in the world they're a developing country i don't want to say south africa is any better because we have a lot of our own problems but you have to really try as a country in Africa, one of the least desirable continents on the right. world to invest in. You have to do everything you can to try to get outside investment. And to do this, like, it's not even bad enough you're punishing your people with this law, um, but you're punishing them a second time by making your country, you know, undesirable. There's not a right. strong enough word, but undesirable for investment. It's. Yeah. You're killing them literally, and you're also killing their opportunities to be prosperous, which. Right. I'm- Again, everything about this makes no sense logically. I mean, the the U.S. has already kind of decried the bill. The the U.S. government has said that if the bill is passed, there would be um, economic repercussions. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, companies are are concerned that if they continue operating in Uganda, they would have to. I mean, Google specifically has offices in Uganda. Yeah. They would have to, you know, either they're kind of put in a in a a rock and a hard place position where they either continue operating have to adhere to the to the bill as in they have to report their their gay employees or and if they do so they will have they will then suffer repercussions from the wider international communities because they are you know global companies so either the companies will have to either you know not adhere to the bill you know risk that and continue operating uganda or they will have to leave uganda so obviously, you know, it's not good for the economy of Uganda. I mean, the the coalition points to a bunch of studies that show that, you know, co- countries that um, have open, uh, you know, rights f- for people to marry whoever they want usually have um, better investment opportunities and people are more, companies are more likely to invest in them um, compared to companies that don't, uh, to countries that don't, um, to, that countries are more, you know, draconian about these things. Um, and it makes sense, like uh, you, you, uh, things like open markets, open uh, more freedoms, uh, more progressive rights. Those are all things that make it easier for people to think. Maybe I should go there. Maybe I should live there. Maybe I should put bring my money. Oh, maybe I should uh, even go there for a holiday as tourism. Exactly, it's a big market. 
um, you know, again, South Africa with all its problems, at least it has some kind of um, draw as a tourist destination. And again, why would you go to a country even to visit when you could be put to death? Right. It's, it's crazy. So, um, another thing I want to mention yeah. quickly before we move on here is that even if this law doesn't go through by mm -hmm. some miracle, now that it's an idea that's floating around, yeah. these companies are saying, you know, don't pass it, otherwise we'll stop doing business. I think mm -hmm. they should still stop doing business even if the law doesn't go through. Because mm -hmm. now this is on the mind of the government and the citizens that this can happen at any stage. So even if this is reversed, I still think they should face repercussions just for bringing it up. Right. And it is not. this is not... Uh... You know, with the, these these latest you know calls to act, uh, like uh, rules that the, the government is coming up with are not the only legislation. There's already legislation passed in Uganda that that criminalizes uh, being gay. You know, uh, the, these laws only make it worse. You know, they can lead to death penalty and the more years in prison. So it's not like Uganda is already free. You know, um, the people, the LGBTQ people in Uganda are still suffering. This will just make them suffer even more. So when you say that companies should consider maybe you know pulling out of Uganda, I think I agree with you, and they should have already done that. Well, I mean, all I can say is I wish the best for the people of Uganda. It's Indeed. Once again, the people who suffer, the people in government don't suffer, and the companies, they're just there to make money. And uh, again, I, I appreciate the sentiment of what they're saying, but uh, again, they just want to make money, and they're saying, hey, if you pass this law... Put aside all the human stuff; it will make right. it difficult for us to make money. So yeah, that, that's kind of the the big, you know, and uh, and uh, that's disappointing, um, in a sense because it's like the big sentiment is, you know, you know, we can take a bunch of stuff, Uganda, but if you do this, it's gonna make our lives more difficult to make money, and that's where we draw the line. line. Exactly. Um, so in a sense, it's kind of uh, a double-edged sword, you know. Again, we wish the best for the people of Uganda, but uh, I do recommend everybody reads the full stories, but we are going to move on to our main topic this week, and that is the um upcoming releases for April. We're going to talk about some stuff we're excited about, and uh, we're going to fall onto some good old escapism to get away from <laughs> the terrorism the realities <laughs> of the world that we just discussed. Uh, Louis, do you want to kick us off? What movie are you looking forward to, Nate? Okay, so... Um... I have picked uh, the movie called The Pope's Exorcist. Okay. Um, I don't <laughs> I know. I've not heard of this one. No. It's actually like it's actually really cool. Uh, it's a it's a horror movie starring the great Russell Crowe. Yes. Um, Russell Crowe is now in his uh, in his kind of gruff old man <laughs> years, and he does a great uh, you know you know terrible oh you know a grumpy old for this bs exactly and it's uh it basically it's based on uh you know the memoirs of the real exorcist of the pope like the the guy who really did exorcisms for the pope um okay. <laughs> and that the movie <laughs> so that he's so it's basically the, the pope's um the, the the kind of the whole plot is the pope's chief exorcist is sent on a new mission by the Pope to deal with the most powerful demon yet. And uh, Russell Crowe goes and he has to discover oh. a bunch of cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. So the Pope isn't possessed in this movie? No, no, no. no oh, no. man, that's what I thought from the headline, that the <laughs> Pope needs an exorcist. Okay, I'm I'm less excited about the movie now, but, but go yeah. on. Go on. So in, in the trailer, there's a great line where the uh, these bunch of cardinals are like uh, having like an inquiry into... Russell Crowe is kind of his going-ons, and obviously he had an exorcism that didn't go well, and I know a girl died. And the, the, the Cardinals are asking him, you know, uh, you know, what, are you gonna, what, are you, what, what is this whole thing about, Russell Crowe? And then Russell Crowe goes, you know what? If you have any problems, you can talk to my boss, the Pope. And then it... <laughs> and then it <laughs> roll credits or roll the title card. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, even though it's based on real events, like the the people making this well, movie, quote, um, it's quote, real events. it's it's uh, yeah, quote unquote real events. It's being distributed by Sony, um, and uh, Screen Gems made the movie, and uh, it's not they're not taking it seriously at all. Oh, okay, it is good. a it's a bombastic, over the top, um, you know, supernatural horror movie. There's you know, there's zombies, and the, you know, it's going nuts. So uh, yeah, well, it looks you, it looks really interesting. Around on this one, right? It looks <laughs> that, really interesting, and uh, so it comes out on in theaters on April fourteenth. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it, I think it could be a, it could be cool, kind of cool. A nice, a nice Christian movie for Easter. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they're going for, and uh, yeah, definitely a good movie for Easter time. Yeah, I'm. I, I wouldn't say I'm one of those people like, oh, I love so, so bad it's good movies. But yeah. if if the filmmakers are in on the joke, and it's like, oh, speak to my boss, the Pope, I, yeah. I can get behind that. Maybe, yeah, maybe definitely. I'll give this one a watch. Um, I have one that's more kind of clear cut in terms of what it's doing and what it's trying to do. The Super Mario Brothers movie. And before oh, we talk definitely. about it. Were you watching the live stream when they revealed the voice actors? I think that's kind of become... I don't know if it's famous or infamous. I wasn't watching the live stream, but I was definitely among the first people to watch the trailer when it was out. Okay. Man. Mr. Chris Pratt. He's so yeah. cool. Man, that, <laughs> line, that line is just burnt into my brain. He's so cool. He's so <laughs> cool. Oh, man. That, that announcer that they have for Nintendo's... He's so cool. He's, He's so, so cool, cool. Clinton. Oh my gosh. And then it just got better. We got Luigi played by Charlie Day, which I'm completely for. Definitely. And Taylor Joy as Princess Peach, Jack Black as Bowser. My, what? It's such like a stack cast. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's, it's hits. Hits after oh hits. Oh my gosh. So, this, when they first announced that, um, I don't want to say there was backlash because it was too funny for there to be backlash, but right. people were just like, You've lost the plot. This is insane. And then the first trailer came out, and the first trailer was like half off. Some people were like, okay, this looks better than I expected. And then the other half were like, it just sounds like Chris Pratt. But yeah. I think once they released a few more trailers, I don't know if they went back to record it or they played with the audio files or what, but Chris Pratt was sounding a bit better. Um, yeah, opinions on Chris Pratt are mixed, both in terms mm -hmm. of his um, performances and who he is as you know a human being. And again, I don't want to get into all church stuff and again right. LGBT stuff because apparently he's part of a church that isn't too kind Oof. to that community. And again, I don't want to get into that. I think that's also one of those things which hasn't been categorically proven, so I don't right, want to comment right, on right. that. I just want to say that he's a popular actor, but he isn't kind of universally beloved as i think some people think he is so in terms of the voice cast mixed bag but no matter how it is it's still funny just reading right. the names on the post is funny and this is an interesting time for this movie to come out because we just finished up the last of us and that has become the gold standard for mm -hmm. video game adaptations and i know that was a show and this is a movie but I don't want to beat the old drama. It's like, oh, is there even a difference between shows and movies anymore? Well, yes. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, was, I, so. that was a show, and this is a movie. So we just got the best ever video game adaptation show. This could be the best video game adaptation movie. Um, this is being done by Illumination. And again, that's another company where people are like, oh, you got some stinkers in the past. <laughs> the trailer, in, per in terms of pure visuals, it looks good. It yeah, looks damn good. It really I does. don't think you could ask for better. Um, no, it's immaculate. Yeah. There are some parts where people are like, oh, the, you know, the question block shouldn't look like that. It should look like this. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, man. <laughs> I, I can understand where you're coming from, but, um, you know, at a certain point, a movie needs to be its own beast. And right. This is looking to do some things that are different from the games. It's looking to take some things from the games and to honor them or adapt them. But it looks so good. Uh, I cannot even imagine the amount of man hours that have gone into this no. animation. Um, Illumination has been known for some kind of low effort animations in the past, but this does not look low effort. This looks completely no, no. Uh, the opposite of that. The yeah. highest effort possible. Um, yeah, they're definitely. I, go ahead. They're, yes, they're definitely throwing you know everything at this, and uh, for good reason. I think it's going to be. I mean, it's already shaping up to be like a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, you know, people are already getting excited about it. It's it's gonna be huge. They're gonna make a lot of money. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it looks great. A really, uh, an ensemble cast. Um. It will probably be very good. You know, I just hope that at some point we get to see Mario. You know, super 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 Mario Galaxy Mario flying through the through the stars. You know, yeah. I want to see Super Saiyan full power Mario. That's what I want to see. And I want to see him get a, a star and go boop, 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 and to run <laughs> through a thousand Goombas. That's what I want to <laughs> Hell yeah, hell yeah. And it, it seems like we might get what we're asking for. Um, yeah. 
I mean, we got this is a Mario Brothers movie, but we got some Mario Kart action in the trailers. Yeah, um, of course. We get to see a lot of stuff from a lot of different games. So it's not like the filmmakers just played one game. No, like, yeah. okay, we'll base it all on that one game. It seems that at least some majority of the production is at least familiar with this franchise and they're not doing it again. They're not, it doesn't seem like they're doing it just to cash a check. It seems like there's at least some amount of genuine love poured into this, but mm -hmm. again, these are just the trailers. The movie is out um, of 5th April. So it's very soon. It's next week, Friday. So, I mean, we'll see if it's good soon. I, I expect reviews to come out sometime during next week um, before the release of the movie. So we're going to find out soon if this is a hit or a miss. I think it's going to be a hit. I think yeah. even if the story isn't 100%, even if they, you know, oh, the question block is this instead of this, even if they do some of those things, I think people will still be excited about a lot of it. And I think it will still be good. Um, yeah. Even if there's some problems, even if it's just one of those movies where you just take the kids and you like look at the pretty colors for a while, I think it will be good. Um, I don't know if it will be a standout like The Last of Us was. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, we're going to move on to other stuff now. I just want to mention last thing about the Super Mario movie. If you Google the Super Mario Brothers movie, um, the little cast pop-out that comes up, the image that they use for Chris Pratt is that black and white, you know, him looking soulfully at the camera <laughs> picture that was in that trailer, which made Why would they me, do that? <laughs> that makes me, someone must have done that on purpose. That That's fantastic. Hilarious. So we're going to move from movies to TV, or oh, even though they're the same thing now. Um, what TV or series are you looking forward to, Louis? Uh, it's a Netflix show um, based on a comic book, actually, or a series of comics. Uh, I don't know if during the pandemic, um, you know, especially during the height of the pandemic, I should say, the pandemic is technically still going. Yes. But during, during the height of the pandemic, especially during the, you know, when South Africa had its hard lockdowns, you know, um, there was a series that Netflix just brought out that uh, it was all about how the world kind of was destroyed by a pandemic and suddenly yeah. a bunch of little babies were born with animal features. So yes. I'm talking about Sweet Tooth. Um, season two is coming out this month. Um, with the first episode coming out on the 27th of April. Um, it had the first season had like, I think enormous success because it was about a pandemic during the pandemic but it was also kind of lighthearted in, yeah, in a sense. I was going to say that it wasn't one of those, which is like, right. oh, that's a bit too... Yeah, it wasn't all to... doom and gloom, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was actually, and it was fantastical, and it ha had a really, a lot, a lot of heart behind it. Um, and, you know, it had a bunch of little cute, uh, cute uh, babies with animal features. So it had, I think it had all the, all the ingredients, uh, ingredients for success, you know? Um, so the, se the second season is coming out. Obviously, the first season ended... Uh, kind of in a in a big uh, cliffhanger. We don't really know what's going to happen with uh, with Gus and his guardian. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I don't even know where the story could possibly go um, after after what happens. Uh, I don't know if the people who are looking for the cure will, will eventually find the cure. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, I, I thought the first season was. Uh, very well written um it reminded me of like uh you know like those shows that you see in your youth like um you know the, the charlie and the chocolate factories and the the, the kind of fanciful and just yeah fun. yeah just fun just really good uh, you know has, has a lot of heart behind it i've, I've already mentioned and uh, yeah, i am excited to see the next the next uh, few episodes and see where where they can take it um so the first season came out in 2021 um, so now, in uh, two years later, obviously the the, the main actor is going to be a lot uh, older. So we'll see if that plays any parts to it. Um, the second season also has eight episodes, so we shall see how it goes. The, the first season, the, the first episode of the second season is titled "In Captivity." Um, so I think that kind of gives you an idea of where they're going, uh, and yeah. Uh, let Let's me see. ask you, yeah. um, the first season and now the second season, are they being released all at once? Um, as far as I know, yes. The oh, second okay. season, all, all the episodes are going to be coming out on the 27th, so it's, it's bingeable. Yeah. Um, and I think oh, Netflix... I 
Uh, the Netflix wants the binge ability, man. It's binge worthy. I it's, have you know. It's, it's binge worthy. Uh, they they want they want the binging because uh, if a show is bingeable, it means the show is good, and they don't have to get rid of it. Okay. Uh, so I did. I didn't watch it. I watched the trailers, and mm-hmm. I didn't get around to it. By you bringing it up as your choice this month, um, does it get your recommendation? The first season, at least. You obviously haven't seen the second season. The first season gets my recommendation as, you know, if you don't have anything else to watch, give Sweet Tooth a go. Yeah, so uh, it's for holidays now? Yeah, you won't be disappointed, you know? Okay, that, that's, that's cool. Um, I don't have a Netflix subscription right now. Um, the next time I get one, maybe I will... I yeah, give, give, it, give, it, give it a go. Give it a go. Now, interestingly, my pick is also streaming. Oh, TVs, yeah. movies, and it's also streaming. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, the TV mine, and media blends together in a big yes, squash. Yeah. Mine is the second half of The Mandalorian season three. Now, they didn't do the, the thing that a few other shows do where they put a gap between the two halves of the season. And, uh, you know, speaking of Netflix, they did that the. Oh, the other day it was months ago at this point with uh, Stranger Things. I'm just bringing it up because I think it's probably the biggest TV event for April, and it's kind of only the, the only one I'm paying attention to right, right now. That is the Mandalorian. So before I get into it and the second half of the season, we won't be spoiling anything that's happened so far in the season. Do you care about the Mandalorian, Louis? I think I think uh, you. I'm forced to care because everyone I talk to is telling me, man, season three, man. Oh, season three. Oh, baby Yoda. Oh, this is the way, you know, everyone's talking oh, about I'm it. I'm so tired. If I never hear the phrase, this is the way again. Yeah. In the first trailer for the uh, third season of The Mandalorian, they say this is the way like three times in 60 seconds. It makes yep. me sick. And they say <laughs> it so often. The writers, I don't want to say that the writing of The Mandalorian is fantastic. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is like fan service and kind of simple Star Wars stories. Yeah. But man, they have to stop leaning. I'm so tired of hearing that phrase. Sorry, not to cut you off there. Yeah. Yeah. So you just went on a, a, a mini rant. I'm forced to yeah. care. I watched the first season. It was really good. Um, especially the, the episode with Ahsoka, kind of a love letter to Japanese cinema, the samurai, you know, um, yeah. to, to Chambara cinema. And I, I thought it was great. Um, I didn't watch the second season. Um, but I might watch it just so that I can finally get into, you know, get in on yeah. the whole thing and not be left Part out. Of the conversation. Exactly. So I have been watching it since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mandalorian, on top of all the things you mentioned that you kind of have to care, it kind of revitalized Star Wars. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Star Wars was in a real rut because of the, the sequel trilogy. And again, mm-hmm. I don't want to get into another tangent about I really dislike the sequel trilogy. Um, That's another story for another day. But no matter what you think about the sequel trilogy, you can't deny that even though I think it made a lot of money, it kind of left Star Wars in a bad place overall. And it kind of left people kind of just shrugging their shoulders when you bring up Star Wars. So Mm -hmm. even if you don't care about The Mandalorian, I think you still at least have to respect its name for bringing Star Wars back into the zeitgeist. And I don't want to say that um, you have to thank The Mandalorian for Pedro Pascal, because I think he would still be as big as he is now, even without The Mandalorian. But yeah. you also kind of need to care about The Mandalorian because of its proximity to the man in the mask. So that's why I also wanted to choose it for the, um, this month, even though it's uh, a half season, it's not releasing in April, it's ending in April. So yeah, very culturally significant, even if you don't care. And... For someone who's been around since the beginning, um, what do I think of season three so far? Still not as good as the first season. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they really love season one, and then season two was not a snooze, but it wasn't as good. And I think not as good as the first season is still the kind of overarching feeling. Right. Even though it is fun... um, there are some real standout moments that I won't spoil. Uh, and also, it's just it's just a bit... I don't want to say it's difficult, but coming from Andor, I don't know if you watched Andor, and um, it's kind of not important to the point I want to make here, but yeah. coming from Andor, who a lot of people have said is the best Star Wars thing ever. Definitely the best written. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm inclined to agree. Um, 
I don't know if I personally like it more than like the OG original movies mm-hmm. or as much as the 2001 animated Clone Wars, which was the first Star Wars thing I ever saw. So I have nostalgia behind that. Right. But I do want to say that it was, it was shockingly good and all was so good. So to come from that to the kind of pulp fun of mm. um, The Mandalorian, it's a bit of an adjustment. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, but that's not really The Mandalorian's fault. That's... Andor's fault for being so right. good. Uh, Andor is the, uh, we're going back to the, you know, one's a good student, one's a middling student. Um, yeah. To go, to go from the solid A plus of, um, of Andor to the kind of like passing grade of The Mandalorian Season 3. A bit of adjustment, but that's not really The Mandalorian's fault. That's Andor's fault. Right. It's so, it's a bit of an adjustment. Yes, you want to ask me what do, do I recommend this? I think. Yeah, do you recommend it? And then when uh, when is the when are the new episodes coming out? So, in terms of what I've seen of season three so far, I think I do recommend it. Even if you fell off the Mandalorian train at some point mm-hmm. during the last, how long has it been? It's been a long time since the first season. Yeah, Even a few if years. you fell off the train, I think you can come back. The thing I want to tell you is, if you're not going to watch the previous episodes and I don't know if this is a spoiler some part of the Mandalorian story actually happens in the book of Boba Fett and the book of oh, Boba yes, Fett yes. I have no problem saying is a massive waste of everyone's time and you should avoid it like the plague right. so if you are going to come back even if you watch season 2 you need to watch the recaps at the beginning of season 3 because right. if you didn't watch the, the book of Boba Fett and you even if you watched it and you fell asleep halfway through, like many people did, mm-hmm. um, you need to watch the recap, otherwise you'll be a bit lost. So it does get my recommendation from uh, from me, um, but please do watch the recaps, even if you did watch season two. So in terms of the dates, chapter twenty two is April fifth, chapter twenty three is April twelfth, and chapter twenty four, which is the finale, mm-hmm. is on April nineteenth. So it's so, a week. It's a week break between the episodes. Yes, it's it is not the it's not bingeable. It's not bingeable. It's releasing every week like a, an archaic TV show. So Indeed. check that out. It is the end of the third season. Um, well, I think it is renewed for like a fourth season, but uh, I'm we'll sure. have they, to see. I'm sure Disney will milk it for as far as yeah. it can go. We'll have to see if there's going to be season four and five. Um, no spoilers, uh, but there probably will be. So that mm-hmm. is the Mandalorian season three the second half and we're going to end off today with games louis what are you looking forward to indeed for well for april um there are there are a few games coming out but i think one that kind of stood out to me uh, because i played the the original quite a bit um i don't know did you ever play dead island clinton did you ever I, kind of i didn't get into it for whatever right reason. uh i just know that really popular trailer the trailer yes reverse. i think the trailer yeah, yes. i think everyone knows about that i think uh, 10 yes. more, it's like a 10 to 1 ratio of people have seen the trailer the trailer then played the game, the game yep i so have the, heard it's pretty good yeah so the first dead island is it came out in a weird kind of era of video games it was in that playstation 3 era you know where games were either like gray schlock or they were you know uh, or they were dark souls you know, so so um, Dead Island, uh, the first one, it was like a open world zombie fighting game, and you, it was kind of RPG like. You could upgrade your armor and your weapon, and you could, you know, um, and you kind of progress that way, and you get you have to get to fight bigger and better zombies. Um, and then, so uh, many years after that, uh, Dead Island Two was announced, and um, and it's coming out this month, uh, near the end of the month, on the 29th of April. Um, on on PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S, so it's going to skip PlayStation 4. And, uh, and and the reviews that have been coming out of it, a lot of publications have gotten copies, um, and they're saying that they were expecting it to be an open-world game, and it isn't. It's, uh, it's more linear. But um, I think the standout for a lot of people, and, and for me particularly, and... Uh, so I, I from what you can, from what I can see from the from the gameplay, it is uh, similar to the first game in terms of you know it's first person zombie fighting. You get to do crazy things like drop kick zombies and stuff. Um, but the, what really stands out is the they've the physic or the engine they have on the the zombies themselves, like the body parts and stuff. 
there's some really insane things that they're doing with with this stuff like um from what i can see from the from the gameplay trailer you can if you target a zombie's knee with your handgun you can like blow pieces of the can give him life-changing injuries that will have him in rehab for years. No, I, uh, I joke. You can you can like blow chunks out of his leg, and if you hit the zombie with the with the baseball bat covered in in nails on its back, you can see like the pieces of the back come off, and you can see like the inside of of the body. So what they have done is like a really anatomically correct zombie fighting game, yeah. where you can uh, it, depending on how you hit the zombie and stuff. You kind of get different reactions, and you kind of get damage, different kinds of damage. Um, the 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 thing that they made it not um, open world anymore is kind of I don't know if it um it's a it's a game cha- or like a, a something that would make me not want to buy the game or maybe maybe not want to try it. Um, I don't know if uh, I, I'll have to get my hands on it, but I don't know yeah. what the extent is of the how linear it is. Have they said like how it's going to replace it? Is there like a spoken wheel, uh, a spoken uh, hub system? Is it so uh, mission to mission? Whatever. I think I think it's a I think it's only mission to mission, kind okay. of you know Half Life style. Um, you know, you 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 get into a new area and then a new area and a new area um, as you progress. So, which is which is interesting. Um, I think you know maybe they didn't want it to be like Dying Light. You know, uh, I think uh, obviously because Dying Light, um, the the latest Dying Light has been out for for much longer than yeah. than, De- than Dead Island. Um, Dying Light is, I mean, what what Dead Island One is? It's a it's a zombie. It's a first person zombie fighting game, um, where you can run around a, a whole uh, city and you can fight. That's basically what Dead Island Dead Island was. Yeah. I uh, think- Something yeah. that happened is that well, maybe this is a, a wrong opinion or a dangerous one. I think people kind of just say, if you want a game like this, just play Dying Light and Card mm. or Dead Island. Um, I think a lot of people see Dying Light One. I know Dying Light Two was actually kind of a a, a lot of people don't like it and they mm-hmm. actually think it's worse than the first one, but that's irrelevant. Uh, I think a lot of people say that Dying Light is just Dead Island but better. I don't mm. know how true that is. I've played Dying Light. I really like that game. Um, so I can't really comment on I mean, better. I can tell you that if you put the gameplay from the first Dying Light and Dead Island and you kind of put them side by side, you could. it's really difficult to tell which which yeah. is which. You know, which, which one is the, the gameplay is almost identical except for, you know, Dying Light has more parkour and you can, the, the, the traversal is, is uh, um, advanced. So yeah, I can definitely see those comparisons. I can definitely see that um, when people say Dying Light is better than Dead Island because basically it was it was a an upgrade. You know, it came out a yeah. few years later, and it was an upgraded version. Um, so I guess they want to do something different with Dead Island Two. Um, the gra- I mean, it looks the game looks fantastic. Dead Island Two looks great. Uh, the graphics are fantastic. They're over, super over the top. Um, the effects are are, are you know top notch. So um, if they went the graph- graphical route, that, that could also be the way they're doing it. Um, I'm concerned that people won't pick it up because of the Dying Light 2 kind of uh, the comparisons. Uh, but in the end of the day, you know, what, what people like is what people like. Um, I think I'll definitely give it a try, uh, unless it's like very, very expensive. Could um, be. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 1,200 Rand. Ooh. But. But we'll see. Um, I'll give it a try, if if only because I played a lot of the first game, and it has a, a. I think it has a, like a special place in my heart, in the you know, in a corner. Definitely, if you look in in open my chest, there is a little dead 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 island uh, corner. I thought I'll go to a doctor for that. For yeah, get the dead island out. Uh, what do you have for us? So b- before we get that, I just want to mention long thing. Yes, I know this is becoming a longer podcast. But do you remember they made a, a dead island moba? Do you they remember made, that? I do not remember it that. It is called Dead Island Epidemic. Please look it up. Oh my god. This. Okay. That I, is, I cannot believe at some point everybody was like, let's make a MOBA and they did oh, yeah. Dead Island. It was that MOBA time. You know? Yeah. They did make it. Dead Island Epidemic. Um yeah. I'm looking at it right now, and the cover image is a zombie with a giant like oh no, it's a man. Yes. With a with a giant B chain, and he has like a power hammer from like Warhammer 40k in his. Okay, yeah. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. That that game has since been shuttered. Um, but I <laughs> I had to mention it. We can't mention that franchise. Um, the Deep Silver will not let Dead Island, uh, be dead. Anyway, uh, talking about everything 
either being uh, gray or being Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about <laughs> Jedi of my. What's this game called? It has so many colons. Yeah. Subtitles and oh, I wrote it down here. I'm excited for this game, but it's got a terrible name. Star it Wars does. colon Jedi Survivor. Mm -hmm. Did you play the first game? I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I, I watched um, a bunch of the gameplay, especially like the Darth Vader fights and stuff, but I didn't play the first game, no. Spoiler, but uh, <laughs> I think it's been a long time. It's been a Yeah, time. it's been a few years. It's been a few so, years. This is Dark Souls Star Wars. So Indeed. There's a sequel coming out um, right at the end of the month. It's just snuck in there, 28th of April, coming out for latest-gen consoles, except the Nintendo Switch, which isn't a latest-gen console. So it's PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, and Xbox Series S. Still awful names, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Don't know what you're thinking. A lot of hype behind this one, not just because it's Star Wars, because the first game, I want to say, came out of nowhere. It was a AAA game made by EA and uh, Disney. So... It's not like a little indie title that could... This was a big game, and the sequel's a big game, but I don't think a lot of people had too much faith in the first game. You're like, oh, you got Uncharted Climbing, oh, you got Dark Souls Combat. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that is in this game... I don't want to say the game is nothing new to offer, because that's a bit harsh, but right. when they were revealing this game, a lot of people were just saying, you're not showing me anything I haven't seen before. Um... But then it came out, people were like, yeah, this is actually pretty good. Um, it fits that niche after uh, Order 66, where all mm -hmm. the Jedis are still kind of scattered and destroyed, and the Empire is still very strong. It's a, it's a really fun period to explore um, between the prequels and the original trilogy. So it, it also brings in a lot of characters that were used in other... Um, other ways and again i'm trying to like tiptoe around spoilers here even though the game is a bit old mm -hmm. and a lot of people really liked it um the exploration and that kind of uncharted climbing which is a sin to include in your game nowadays but a lot of people like the exploration because you got to go to fun star wars places and you got to collect parts to do customization you got to build your own lightsaber i know a lot of people love the game just for that fact which yeah can't argue with uh you know any any opportunity you give me to wield a double lightsaber and pretend i'm darth maul i will take it mm -hmm. so the first game is is it beloved i think it's really well received i think it's like one notch below beloved yeah i would agree and, with you. and a lot of people looked at that game and they finished that game and i share the sentiment where they completed it and they thought yeah but you need to you know this was like it's not undercooked but it's like you cooked it. There was well. something missing. Yeah. yeah. So people have been looking at a potential sequel and saying, we really hope you now deliver on what we thought you could deliver. Mm -hmm. And now the sequel's coming in April. Is it going to deliver? I don't know. Again, yeah. we haven't played these games. Um, it looks like... Has EA learned to now offer people stuff that is new? Are they going to take a, a chance? We don't know. Uh is from seeing gameplay that is released early, it still looks good, but again, the first game looked good. Is it going to wow my socks off? I'm not sure. This is mm. one that I've included even more so than the Mario movie, where I'm not sure what the quality is going to be. Um, I'm not naive enough to say in the games industry, oh, the first one was good, this one will be good too. That has been wrong many times before. That just happened with Dying Light 2. A lot right. of people would consider the sequel not even a good game, not even like a passable game. So mm. I'm not going to say the first game was good. It's a lot of the same people. The second game will be good. There was such a strong foundation in that first game that it would be, oh, it would be a real misstep if they messed this one up. So yeah, I'm kind of excited. I'm not excited by the fact that this is a full price AAA game, more than mm. thousand rand. I'm not sure what the PC price is because that's where I would want to play it. But All right. A lot of money, a lot of talent. And again, I brought this up in Wario as well. It looks like a lot of love has gone yeah. into this. Um, they've shown some returning characters. They've shown some new characters and people are excited about that. And yeah, I, this is one where I don't have that much to say mm. just because everything in this, again, has been done before and this right. game has been done before because this is a sequel. But I am cautiously, cautiously optimistic. I hope they have done some balancing to the combat because yeah. I had a weird experience with this game. I got it on sale like 
a year after it came out, and I played it and I enjoyed it, but the balance was so wacky. I played the regular combat on, mm-hmm. I can't remember, but I think I played it on the hardest difficulty that is, I think the hardest difficulty that is unlocked from the start. All right. And I was having a great time until I got to the bosses. The bosses were, and people are going to tell me, oh, get good. Um, <laughs> the bosses were not balanced as well as the rest of the game were. Yeah. I think that the developers put a lot of time into the regular enemies that you fight most of the time, which makes sense because yeah. that's what you're doing. And then yeah. the bosses didn't get like a second workover that they needed. And again, people are going to tell me, oh, just get good. But if, you know, like 95% of your game is one way and then the last five percent is another way or the uh, the separate five percent of some of the bosses and also something that happened with this game is that it ran out of steam in like the last quarter i think Mm. it really felt like um it was front-loaded in terms of uh design and effort Mm. and the bosses in that last quarter were the worst defenders of the problems i'm talking about so right I'm hoping I I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, those the are case. problems out. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea if that's the case where they started and they had a lot of time and a lot of money to do everything, and then they got to that end and they're like, oh, they're running out of time and money. <laughs> the boss is breathing down my neck. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's actually the case. It wouldn't surprise me if it is, but I'm hoping that of all things that will you know polished up, that the bosses were polished up, and we'll have to see. That is the end of the month, and it is also the end of the podcast. A bit of a longer one, but. Uh, Louis and I were catching up about what we're excited about. Indeed. The news we're interested in. And everybody, please check out the links. Everything that you want more information for will be in those links. And you can go read and be well informed like a good citizen. Uh, even though the news is usually depressing and we uh, we touched on some depressing news. But that is going to be everything from myself, from Louis. Bye, guys. And from everybody else at Hypertext. We will see you next time, everybody. Check out the links. See you next week. Bye. Cheers. Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.